0: My dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. With great power comes great responsibility. You've heard that before? Yeah? Who said it first? Hmm. Well, if you're a fan of the Marvel Comics universe, you might think that Uncle Ben said it first. Ben Parker to Peter Parker. Spider-Man. Remember the story? With great power comes great responsibility, son. Well, I think you go back further. Um, You could go back to the French Revolution of the late 18th century and find written in some of its founding documents, a great responsibility is the result of a great power. Or you could go back even further. Let's go all the way back to the first century, okay? And here Luke Quoting Jesus in his gospel as saying, From everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. Regardless of where that little pearl of wisdom comes from, it's true, right? With the gift comes great responsibility. With the gift comes great responsibility. My wife, Laura, has dedicated her teaching career to working with students with what you could call, I suppose, extreme capabilities, often regarded as, quote-unquote, gifted students. And she's been doing it for about 30 years now, for the last nine, working with the Meade County School District, working with students from uh, Whitewood to Sturgis to Piedmont to Blackhawk, And the reason she's willing to drive all those miles every week between five different schools to continue in that work is she understands, I think, what important work it is, you know, to challenge those particular students to move beyond simply being capable, to challenge the good to be great. Because it seems to be a fairly common occurrence among those that we would call gifted to want to tend towards complacency, laziness, dare I say, or boredom, hmm? to skate by without plumbing the depths of who they really are or who they could be just because they can quote-unquote do the work of the age-graded curriculum that their classroom teachers put in front of them. And there's nothing worse than seeing the gifted squander the gift hmm? with great gifts great responsibilities. and Any of these sports fans know exactly what I'm talking about, huh? It's kind of like the shooting guard in basketball who just loves to heave up three-pointers, and maybe they're good at that, but then they always seem to have trouble getting back on defense right away. They just can't find the energy for that. Or maybe it's kind of like the distance runner who puts in just enough miles, you know, so that they can continue to beat that one runner on that one team that they really don't like. Or like the really gifted wide receiver in football who loves to catch touchdown passes but always can't seem to find the energy to finish out those routes when he knows that the ball isn't going to be coming to him. For a few years back in the mid-90s, I coached high school track in a small town we were living in in southeast Minnesota, and it was fun for a while, working with kids of all abilities, encouraging them to, you know be the best that they could be with whatever tools God had given them to find satisfaction, putting themselves into something positive. But I have to tell you, the most frustrating thing for me and probably the thing that led the most to my retiring from being a high school coach was dealing with what I saw as probably some of the most gifted, naturally gifted athletes in that school that came out for track, squandering their potential by resting on accomplishments back there in the past and never wanting to really work enough to test the limits of their capabilities. And it wasn't just about those ones, those gifted ones, missing out on an opportunity to be great. I saw it as disrespectful of their lesser gifted fellow athletes who I saw come into practice every day, working their rear ends off, without any chance of ever being all-conference or all-state, just to maybe get a little better time, a little better result. With great gifts come great responsibilities. There's nothing worse than watching someone squander their giftedness. I guess all that is just kind of a long introduction to a theme that's been stewing in my mind as I read again this week, the gospel reading from the third chapter of Matthew. John is out in the desert calling folks to get themselves ready to meet the Messiah. Hmm? The kingdom of heaven is near, he says. It's imminent. It's like right on your doorstep. So it's time to get ready. And he's getting people ready to meet it. He's baptizing folks as they come. And it's more than just a ritual washing. It's an invitation to a whole new way of life leaving behind maybe that self-centered life they'd been living and now finding a way to open up the possibilities of living for the people around them too. It's here that John confronts his gifted and talented students, huh? his all-state athletes. Some Sadducees and Pharisees also came for baptism. And they said, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come?' bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now, we usually give these guys, Pharisees, Sadducees, a pretty bad rap, and maybe deservedly so, because the Gospels, as they present them to us, don't always show them in the kindest light. But I want to tell you something this morning about some of these guys, like the Pharisees, okay? These were guys who had dedicated their whole lives to a very strict adherence to God's Torah, to God's teaching. Through periods of persecution, when temples were being burned and Jews were being killed off simply because they wanted to practice their faith, it was these ones, these Pharisees, who kept the traditions of their elders alive through intimidation and assimilation efforts on the parts of their oppressors. In so many ways, these Pharisees were God's gifted children. And with great gifts come great responsibilities. The problem was, you see, as is often the tragic with gifted folks, they had become kind of lazy, they'd become kind of complacent. Their own assessment of themselves got in the way of They're calling to guide others around them into a deeper relationship with God. You could almost hear them thinking to themselves, well, I got nothing to worry about. I'm a child of Abraham, an inheritor of the promise. I keep the laws, so I'm good. I don't know about you, but I'm all set. John is so hard on them because he knows how gifted they are. He knows how committed they are. He knows how capable they are of leading God's people into that covenant relationship with Him. And yet they act as though they've forgotten who they are by forgetting the brothers and sisters around them, you see. But they ought to have known better. With great gifts come great responsibilities. As a human being alive on the earth, what is your giftedness? Huh? I wonder... What constitutes your gifts? Here's a little secret, you know. You want to find satisfaction in this life? Find a way to live out of your giftedness. Are you a teacher? Well, then teach. Not just from 8 o'clock till 3.30, five days a week. But every time God puts someone in front of you, use your skills and your ability to maybe enrich their life a little more. Are you a rancher? Well, then ranch. Treat those animals in your care the way God treats you. Treat the land as though you know who it belongs to, the God who made it, right? Are you a nurse, mechanic, business owner? You see where I'm going? With great gifts come great responsibilities to use them for the sake of others. You know, it's always easiest to read The stories from the Gospels, from the perspective of the underdog, you know, from the perspective of the one whom Jesus is coming to save, the ones who have been put upon, the ones who have strayed, the ones who have wandered, the downtrodden, who Jesus comes to rescue. But what if we dared to read these stories as though we, ourselves, are the ones in positions of power and authority in the story as the gifted ones? Hmm? Because you know you are huh? Isaiah speaks of the supremely gifted one who is coming, a Messiah, God's anointed, right? Anointed by God's Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest on Him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Do you recognize those words? You ought to because they're spoken over every life that comes to that baptismal font back there. They were spoken over you on the day of your baptism. And that same Spirit, that promise, has been given to you, lives inside of you. You are gifted most of all with God's immediate presence in your life through the power of the Spirit, aching to get out, itching to explode from your life. The advent, the coming of God's anointed means the calling out of all his gifted children because you see, you are his hands and his feet and his heart in this world. You are his children gifted with a faith that sees beyond any present darkness bringing a light that is even now breaking upon the world. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope, you gifted ones of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit given you. Amen.